When you're looking at your online business role models, you might wish that you already had their success. But honestly, most of the online business owners you see started from probably where you are right now with a side hustle. Today, I want to go over my tips on starting and sustaining a side hustle that might just build into something more. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast produced by Creatorly Media. I'm your host, Katie Steckley. I'm a side hustle YouTuber turned six-figure CEO that's obsessed with social media, making content, and building communities. Here on the Creator Club podcast, we dive deep into the social media and content creation strategies that are important to you as a creator. Whether you want to grow on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or with a podcast, we've got advice for you. So stay tuned for my workshop-style solo shows and the occasional expert interview. Oh, and by the way, this club is open to everyone. Whether you have one or one million followers, there's a seat for you at the table. So let's get into it. back to the creator club podcast i'm so happy to be speaking with you all this week and for this episode i wanted to get started by telling you a little bit of the history behind my business and my youtube channel because it all comes back to the humble beginnings of a side hustle so forgive me if you've heard this story before and i just sound like your grandma reminiscing on her youth for the 100th time because some of y'all are new, I'm sure. So bear with me and I'm going to tell you how I went from being a hobby YouTuber to now making content creation my job. So I started my YouTube channel in 2011 and at that time it was definitely a hobby. I mean, back then people didn't even necessarily have the sense that it was something that you could make money off of. I remember during my early YouTube journey when they announced the partner program, which now we think of that as like essentially AdSense, like it's where you get to split ad revenue with YouTube and it's all very official and automated. But at the beginning, the partner program was like this special thing you had to either be selected for or actually apply for to be able to make any kind of money off of YouTube. So that was still very much just a small glimmer in YouTube's eye. It wasn't something that was standard or very well known at all. So everybody really was making YouTube videos just for fun, and so was I. And I was really drawn to it because of that community aspect. I love the idea of being able to share ideas with other people who had the same interests as me online through creating videos. So I did it for fun all through high school and university and Really, the side hustle part started to develop when I was midway through my undergrad and I started to realize like I really didn't want to work for anybody else. I had done a few internships. In fact, I did an internship at a fashion magazine where I had been an online editorial intern. So I was like writing content for the website. I did some other like marketing positions at various other organizations and I was always just more passionate about my own content creation and my own, you know, blog at the time and YouTube channel. And so I really wanted to find a way that I could create a career for myself where I could focus full time on creating content for me, like for my own platforms, instead of for some organization or whatever. 
by the time I was midway through my undergrad, the whole concept of being a YouTuber as a career had definitely developed. So we're talking like, you know, 2016, 2017 here. There had been full-time YouTubers for a while, and that was definitely my dream. But I'll be honest with you, I had been working away at growing my YouTube channel for, you know, six, seven years at this point, and I still had probably about like, I don't know, 1,500 subscribers, maybe 2,000. Like, it was a small community, and I had been trying for a long time. So I felt discouraged. I really felt like the idea of being able to get brand deals or make money off AdSense was like way, way far off in the distance, if at all possible for me. And so I was kind of starting to think like, how can I do this content creation thing and get paid for it, even though I don't have a big audience? And what I landed on was being able to use the skills that I had developed over my several years of creating content on YouTube and apply those skills in creating content for other people. My first opportunity at this was doing a promotional video for the music camp that I went to when I was a young teenager. So I went in and I filmed like the camp and like the final concert and all this stuff and interviewed some campers and then I edited together a promotional video that they could post on Facebook because at the time Facebook was like the place to share your social video. I'm not even sure if you could post videos on Instagram yet, but it just was a very different time, you know, like 2015, 2016. But that was my first taste at actually getting paid to make a video. And that's really where my business, I mean, at the time, side hustle started to blossom. So I started to actively seek out opportunities to create videos for people. I made a website for myself. I made a portfolio. I would go to networking events just to try to meet people who were looking for like a video producer. And slowly I started to build up a small client base of local people that I would either like edit their videos or I would go and film them or like, you know, conduct interviews and then create promotional videos for them. And this was all something that I was doing basically basically as a side job while I was a full-time student. So during this time, I really learned how to balance having this side job that I was doing with also doing school. And I did a more than full course load the entire time I was in university because I actually graduated term early. So I was really busy back then. Sometimes I, I feel really busy now, I'll be honest. But then I think back to my time in school and I'm like, how did I do all that stuff then? I don't know. Busyness is subjective, so it's hard to compare. But that is really where my business started. And then basically when I graduated, I decided I was going to go full time. And I'll be real, I did not have a full time income right out of school. Like I was working full time on all of the marketing and networking and all this stuff I was trying to do to build up my business. But I really was not making like a salary like my peers were that had gone to start working at, you know, tech companies or whatever. And it took a while, but I graduated in the summer of 2018, and it really wasn't until basically 2020 that I earned like a substantial salary from my business at all. So that kind of tells you the scale of, of time there. And that was, you know, I was working on this full time. It was a side hustle in university, but after, you know, June of 2018, when I graduated, I was working on this full-time, so it, it took me about a year and a half of hustling full-time, which I understand is a total privilege to have been able to do that because not everyone can afford to focus on a dream. You know, most people would have an income aside from that. So anyway, that's my story, and I hope that it just gives you a sense of how a side hustle can really grow and, and blossom into a full business, but 
it's not something that can happen overnight. And I know that might feel discouraging to hear like, oh yeah, I worked on it actually full time for like a year and a half or whatever. Um, and then finally it turned into something profitable. Everyone's journey is different. You'll find lots of people online that talk about how they turned a side hustle into something that replaced their salary and then some in a very short amount of time. So everyone's on a different journey. In general, I've found that my journey has been very slow and steady. I've had moments of breakthrough where things have grown quickly. Like for example, my business really grew in late 2019, you know, early 2020 when my YouTube channel was growing a lot. And so that had a big impact. So there's moments of virality that have helped me kind of jump forward. But overall, my journey has just been about being persistent and being patient and then eventually seeing things come to fruition. And I think that's realistic and it might be what you see with your side hustle as well. So all of this is to say your girl's got some experience with the side hustle world. It's been a while. I've been working on this full time for a few years now, but I definitely know what it's like to balance a creative passion project that you're hoping to turn into a business with whatever your full time calling is at the moment, whether that is work or school. So I wanted to talk through some of the strategies that I've learned that might help you with developing this side hustle and really being able to stick to it in the long-term kind of way that's going to be necessary if you want to turn it into, you know, a main hustle or whatever you would call it, a full-time job, a business. This episode of Creator Club is brought to you by Creatorly's Instagram audits. If you're a content creator who's been hustling on Instagram and not seeing the results you're looking for, then my friend, this is for you. Our Instagram audit is your opportunity to get a set of expert eyes on your profile and to hear our feedback on what you're doing well and how you can improve. We'll send you a fully customized report card full of actionable advice that you can implement ASAP to start seeing results. Here's what one of our awesome clients, Innes, from the account of Bodhari had to say about her audit. Yesterday, I put up a piece of shareable content like you suggested in my Instagram audit. I was so nervous because it felt out of my comfort zone and not what people would want to see. Well, I woke up this morning and it had been shared dozens of times and has nearly three times as many likes as my next best post. In only 12 hours. I'm blown away. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to hear that our advice worked out so well for Innes and I'm sure it will be just as helpful for you. So to go grab your Instagram audit, head over to creatorlymedia.com slash audit today. One of the biggest challenges with starting a side hustle or being able to kind of focus on it in the way that you really need to in order to see success is finding the time. We all have different responsibilities. It could be a nine to five, freelancing. It could be school. Like for me, I was a full-time student or it could be being a parent. So the question is, how can you find the space needed in your schedule to work on your side hustle? Here's a few ideas that me and my team member Shelby, who helps me with writing this podcast, who has a side hustle of her own. She's got a YouTube channel came up with to suggest for you. The first one is using your commute time. If you're working a full-time job, you might be able to utilize your commute time. If you're riding a bus, a subway, or a train, you can get some work done on your laptop or notebook. 
if you're driving, you can maybe use this time to expand your knowledge and learn some more skills by listening to podcasts or audiobooks on business, entrepreneurship, marketing, or wherever you're trying to expand your skills in. If you happen to work remotely, like a lot of us do now, maybe you can think about how much time you would normally have spent commuting in the past and try to dedicate that time to your side hustle. Like if you were going to be commuting for 45 minutes before and after work, see if you can kind of dedicate that before and after work time to working on your side hustle. This is something that I actually used to do when I was doing that internship at a fashion magazine like I mentioned before. I would take an hour and a half bus and subway ride into downtown Toronto to the office to work and while I was on the bus not as much the subway because I couldn't get cell signal down there but I would like basically work on my blog by doing research kind of trying to look up trends and taking notes on blog posts that I could write when I had time to sit down and write like at my computer. I know it can be hard to get really like substantial work done and just the small breaks here or there but if you can try to take those extra pieces of time like your commute time to dedicate to either learning and research or writing down ideas that can be a really great way to squeeze it in. Another option is using your breaks and weekends. If you have scheduled lunches and breaks during your work hours you can be using this time to complete a task or two in your business and trust me your girl did this as well during my like internship lunch breaks or I'll be honest sometimes not in my lunch breaks too <laughs> don't tell my past bosses um, but maybe it's working on some of your social media content or getting a bit more work done on a digital product you're creating weekends are also a great time to get a lot done in your business yes you might have to sacrifice some relaxation time or skip your scheduled netflix binging sesh but if you can spend five hours on a weekend to work on your business imagine how much you could accomplish this is definitely something i did all through my time as a student was just finding time on the weekends to edit my videos or film videos or go out and shoot content for my now defunct fashion blog yes i used to have a fashion blog my personal preference actually during my final years of university was to fit in my youtube editing or my client editing time during chunks of time where my friends basically wouldn't have been wanting to hang out with me anyway so i would wake up at like 6 a.m a lot during um my third and fourth year of university so i could get in like a couple of hours of editing before i would have to go to my classes and i found that that sort of worked for me better than carving out a lot of time on the weekends because you know friday nights saturday nights as a student you want to be like going out and hanging out with your friends so i would just get my ass out of bed really early and sit at my laptop and edit youtube videos and it worked for me because i really enjoyed it i really liked editing my youtube videos and so it wasn't hard for me well i'll be honest it was a little bit hard but it was easier for me to get out of bed to do something that i liked rather than something that I didn't really like. So during my internships, I would actually do that as well. There was one four-month internship that I had where I would, again, wake up at 6 a.m. to work on my YouTube channel for an hour before I would leave to go to my, like, 9 to 5 internship. So it's all about figuring out where those breaks of time are for you and what's going to jive most with your personality and your schedule and your other commitments in life. Another strategy for finding time in order to work on your passion project or side hustle is learning to say no. 
And I'll be honest, that's something that I've definitely struggled with and continue to now. So it's something that, you know, it's a work in progress. I think the place to start, though, is by getting comfortable with setting boundaries and just trying to say no to things that don't serve you or even if they would serve you that you just honestly don't have the time for right now. I'm the type of person that would love to say yes to everything, but when it comes to building a business on the side, you need to be a little selfish and only say yes to something that you really want or need to do. This is something that I actually am bumping up against more than ever in the last few months because Creatorly has been growing a lot, which I obviously am really grateful for, and my YouTube channel has also been seeing like an upswing in views, and I've been posting twice as often to YouTube actually in January and February than I did last year. So my time has been stretched pretty thin. But the funny thing is, is once you start to kind of see a little bit of success with your side hustle or your business, that tends to also be when more opportunities start to come your way. So I often get requests that I would really love to participate in, whether it's being interviewed on somebody's podcast, or doing like a volunteer opportunity with an organization I support. But I can't always do that because the fact is if I agree to everything then everyone that I've committed to is going to get a subpar experience with me and so I need to be able to not only honor my own you know self-care time but also honor the commitments that I've made previously and say no when I have to you have to think about every time you say yes to things other than your main priorities whether that be your business or your family or your self-care time or whatever Every time you say yes to those external things, you're basically saying like a soft no to yourself because you only have so much time in a day and you really need to prioritize. So as difficult as it is, learning to say no is essential when you're in the early stages of growing a business. The last strategy that I have for you when it comes to managing time or finding time to grow your business when you're in the side hustle stage is creating a system. At the end of the day, time is limited, but it's really about how you use it that matters. By creating a system, you can ensure that all of your tasks will have a time and a place to get accomplished, and you'll be able to become more efficient because your processes will become more automated. You can make a to-do list or use calendar blocking, whichever method works for you. I would take some time once a week, like Sunday evenings, for instance, that's kind of my favorite time to sit down and block out my calendar to make some plans for the following week. This way, you'll lose less time to making plans throughout the week. If you set out your to-do lists and your plan for the week, then you don't have to like fumble around between tasks trying to think, well, what do I need to do next? You already know what you need to do and you've planned that all out in, you know, just a short amount of time on the weekend, for example, and then you just need to execute on it. As my mom always likes to say, plan your work and then work your plan. So if you take some time to make the plan, then you will be able to focus solely on working through it and it's just going to be a lot more efficient for you. So find a system that works for you. The next strategy that I have to share about being able to really nurture your side hustle and make it thrive and grow into a big business is that you need to create a support system for yourself. 
Working on your side business can feel super lonely if you don't have the right support. But if you can create a strong support system, this will make you feel more motivated than ever. Our instincts are usually to look in our current circle of friends and family, which is a great place to start. And if you're lucky, you'll have somebody that can connect with you on what you're going through. For example, my mom is also an entrepreneur. She is a restaurant owner in my hometown. Um, So I'm always going to her to talk about my business struggles and to ask for advice. It's especially helpful um, because for me specifically, my Canadian listeners might relate to this. If you're usually Googling for some of that technical stuff that you're trying to figure out about your business, like what do you have to do about tax and, you know, like registering your business and all this stuff. It can be so helpful to have somebody who actually lives where you do to ask those questions too. So my mom is great for that. Uh, whereas if I start Googling like anything about charging taxes as a business owner, it's all going to be American results if I look for it online. So anyway, it can be really helpful to find somebody who's in a similar situation to you, whether that's they live where you do or they have a similar business to you. And if they've got a few more years of entrepreneurship under their belt, then they can be great to go to. Fun fact, my grandparents are also business owners. So I love to talk to my grandma about her experiences with entrepreneurship and marketing. It can just be great to talk to somebody too who understands the struggle and who's actually been through real world business stuff that's like normal, if that makes sense. So often we can look online and just find stories of people who like made a bajillion dollars in 24 hours with their latest launch teaching how to make money on Amazon affiliate. I don't know, whatever. There's so much sort of scammy stuff out there that just feels so unrealistic. So for me, it has been such a huge blessing to have my mom and my grandma who have just regular, normal business experience that can talk about like, yeah, it takes a while to increase your profit when you just got started. And yeah, these are real struggles that you go through. You are to failure just because you didn't like 10x your sales in two weeks or whatever crazy expectations are out there. So being able to find somebody in the real world away from the internet who has business experience can be invaluable when you are getting started with growing your business. If you don't have somebody in your kind of real world circle, it can be great to reach out to people who are doing a similar thing to you online. And I really recommend looking for people who are not like crazy successful out of this world. You could never imagine having their revenue. Look for people who are just a couple steps ahead of you because that's going to be a lot more relatable and a lot more encouraging. And it'll actually feel attainable for you to at some point get to where they are. And they'll probably also have more helpful advice for you. I think that finding those connections online and building those support systems can be so, so helpful. And chances are whoever you reach out to, they'll be happy to have a friend in business that they can talk to as well. I've come across a lot of different YouTube acquaintances over the years now of people that I've been able to have like Zoom coffee chats with and just check in on how they're doing, see what their struggles are, share my struggles. And it's just great. Even if you can't provide advice to each other necessarily, it's great to have that connection, that relatability to know that you're not alone. So creating a support system, especially early on in your business is really important. If you haven't already thought about reaching out and building those connections, I would do that sooner than later. Now, one of the number one reasons so many side hustles fail is because of that little devil imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Have you ever felt this way? Okay, I definitely know that I have. So 
here are some tips from somebody who's experienced it on how you can say goodbye to imposter syndrome. First of all, you want to talk to somebody about it. This is where that support system comes in handy. Again, look at all of your online business idols. Yes, most of them. Maybe me if I'm lucky. I don't know. Maybe you like what I make. (laughs) We've all experienced imposter syndrome. And knowing that others are going through that same negative self-talk loop can help remind you that it's all in your head. Look, if people that are really, really successful still experience imposter syndrome, like there's no amount of success or revenue or number of subscribers that can make you not feel that imposter syndrome if it's already in your mind. It's something that you have to work through internally. So you're not alone. You're not crazy. This is all something that we all go through and you just need to try to replace that negative self-talk with positive self-talk to start to let go of it. Another way that you can really get through imposter syndrome and start to recognize your true expertise and knowledge is to find ways of measuring that knowledge to kind of remind yourself like yeah these are the goalposts these are the milestones that you've actually passed and having that sort of you know quote unquote objective view on it can help you feel better when you're in that imposter syndrome self-talk loop you might want to look back on your accomplishments obstacles that you've overcome, results you've created, and give yourself a little credit. There have definitely been times through my marketing career where I have felt, oh gosh, do I really have something to offer? Like, am I really helping people with what I'm saying? And then, you know, you get on a call with somebody who just feels like blown away by the advice you're able to offer, or you get a YouTube comment from someone who says, wow, I never thought of it that way before. And that can really make you feel better about the value that you're offering. So I would really recommend when you have those experiences, write down a little note about it, take a screenshot, and then you're able to go back on that as a measure of your true knowledge to remind yourself when you're in those difficult places that you really do know what you're talking about. I know that you do. Another strategy for working through imposter syndrome when you're early in your side hustle is to really try to learn from your mistakes instead of fearing them or feeling ashamed about them. Behavior coach Michael Mantle, PhD, says, Just because I tripped and made an error doesn't mean I'm an imposter or a fraud. It means I'm human. And I think that is so true. It can be so easy for us to get wrapped up in mistakes that we've made, and we feel that that is going to basically invalidate any value or experience that we offer, but it doesn't. It just means you're a person and that's okay. There's no need to fear mistakes because literally everybody makes them. I make mistakes all the time and I just try to learn from them and grow for them. Embrace when mistakes happen, take notes, figure out solutions, and you can use them to make you better. Think of it this way. The more mistakes that you make earlier on, the less you're going to make in the future when you know, things are likely going to be a little bit more embarrassing or a little bit more high stakes. There's so many things that I did early on when I was still side hustling before this became my main gig that would be a lot more, you know, devastating now if I made those mistakes when more money and, you know, more people's livelihood are on the line. So it's good to get those mistakes out of the way. So don't ever feel bad about errors. Just figure out how to learn from them. And finally, one piece of advice that will help you get through imposter syndrome, but I think is also just good in general when you're on this side hustle to entrepreneurship journey is to stop comparing yourself to others. I know this can be so hard and I know I do this all the time, 
But really, we're all on our own journeys and only you can control your life. So don't waste your precious energy focusing on other people's life or business or words. And what I tend to do, and you might think this is harsh or whatever, but trust me, they're never going to know. So it's all good. If you have somebody that you follow that you kind of oscillate between being inspired by and then feeling really shitty about yourself when you see their content, you probably had a few people pop into your head when I said that. I definitely do. And it tends to be other women that are around like the same age as me that make similar content to me. Because I'll be real, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of social media educators out there. And that's great. There's room for all of us in this industry. We can all be successful. So there's no need to feel like it's competition. But I can often find myself comparing my own accomplishments to theirs and feel like, oh, they've got a higher profit margin or like, oh, their launch made more money or their business is more efficient or their content's higher quality. All these kinds of things can run through my mind. And so what I do when I start to think that is I just mute them. I mute their stories. I mute their feed posts. And when I don't see their content, I don't think about them. And that has been game changing for me when I deal with this self-comparison that leads to self-doubt, imposter syndrome, etc. And it doesn't mean that I don't support them. Like I still follow these people. I still think they're great. And then when I start feeling a bit more confident again, I might unmute their content. And then if I start seeing too much of it and it starts to make me feel shitty, then I will mute them again. And that's okay. If you have to mute my content someday because it's messing with your head in that way, I would never judge you for it because you need to look out for yourself and your own creativity. And if content that you're seeing online is making you feel less creative or more self-doubt, it's not serving you. So don't make yourself see it all the time. I know that you probably want to fast forward this side hustle stage of your business. I know I definitely did, especially seeing all these examples online of people who blew up overnight. You just feel like you should be doing that too. But trust me, starting your business as a side hustle can actually help build the foundation of a successful full-time business. I am still using some of the lessons, time-saving strategies, and support systems that I created back when I first started my journey as just a side hustler and they are super, super valuable to me now that I'm working on my business full time. I'm so thankful for those skills and the time that I took to build them because it makes me appreciate the scale that I've reached in my business now so much more. So if you're still in that side hustle place, embrace it, keep on working and just remember to have patience and be persistent and eventually those full-time days will come. Thanks so much for listening to the Creator Club podcast. This show is produced by Creatorly Media, a social media and content marketing agency by creators for creators. If you want professional help growing your social media platforms or creating your content, come visit us at creatorlymedia.com or at creatorlymedia on Instagram. If you've listened this far into the episode, we want to know who you are. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot your podcast app and share it to your Instagram story, tagging at Creatorly Media or at Katie Steckley so that we can chat. Again, thanks for listening and remember to keep on creating. We'll catch you next time.